This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 4066, for Monday, the 4th of March, 2024. Today's show is entitled, HPR Community News for February 2024. It is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 69 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in February 2024. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is HPR Community News for February 2024 and joining me this evening is... Hello, it's Dave, as always. Well, not almost always anyway. Yeah, more always than me. So, <laughs> I think we can simply say always. And this is the HPR Community News Show where we talk about what HPR is. And you might think of it as like your online hackerspace in podcast format. And this is the community news where the janitors put down their mops and come out from behind the bucket and give you a rundown on all the news and gossip from around HPR Towers. So, Dave, as always, it falls to you to welcome our new hosts. Yes, and I'm very pleased to say that we have a new host this month. Ooh. And that's a ring right now. Noises off. (laughs) You can probably hear my noises off, and I can't turn them up. Um, Anyway, our new host for February is Geospart, who um, I imagine some people will know. Uh, We we know... um, from having met him at uh, Og Camps in the past. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we're going to hear a lot more from him in the in the future. It's really nice to have him on board. So cool. Cool, 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 cool. I was just listening to um, all of GNU World Order shows because uh, I wanted to look up something, so I downloaded them all so I could do a transcript so I could look for uh, – what it was that I was looking for, still haven't found it. You know, one of those rabbit holes, shaving a yak, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, Klaatu has an episode zero, and I was thinking we should really have an episode zero here on HPR that we update from time to time mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. what HPR is and how to get involved with the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of an introductory page or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. I've had thoughts about that, and perhaps I'll share with. Uh, those with you in the future, you being the general HPR listener, not just Dave. And if you, the general HPR listener and contributor, have ideas about what should be included in that episode zero show, which is the idea is you update it from time to time and you explain what HPR would be and all the important things. But what are the important things about HPR that you would like to see in that show? And see, I speak of it deliberately because perhaps we could make it a presentation for putting stuff out to YouTube, which is something else I want to talk mm. about later mm-hmm. in yeah. any other business. Yeah. But anyway, what we normally do here is we talk about the shows that have gone on in the previous month. So shall we shall we start with that, Dave, or was there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, we, we can definitely start with that. I think we need to stick to a formula today because I I'm extremely tired. <laughs> okay. So I need to go. I need all the help yeah. I can get to get through this. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's try not to, to waffle too much then, I guess. 
So let's start by going through all the shows in the last month and uh, episode 40. If you find that, if you just found HBR and find that we have too many shows, um, what a lot of people do, what some people do at least, is they listen to this show. It's all our shows that have a series have got their own feed. So people listen to this show and then um, selectively based on, on how we describe the show, we'll go back uh, once a month and download the episodes that they themselves might find more interesting than others. Mm-hmm. One I found okay. quite interesting uh, was uh, episode 4044, which was Daniel Pearson's Advent of Code Day 11 to 21 Catch-Up, where he walks through the last challenges of this year's Advent of Code that he actually did. And uh, do you have any thoughts on that before I continue off with this? Well, uh, I, I've been enjoying his uh, his his analyses of these these things. Um, I've had a little look myself, but I really don't have the brain power or something or the motivation to to do any myself. But looking at how other people are doing them is very very fascinating. Um, I found a guy who was doing them in Vim and uh, by all sorts of weird and wonderful text manipulatory things. So, uh, you know, this, it's it's a wonderful resource and it's good to be aware of it. And it was uh, it was interesting, his uh, approach to this one, that he kind of was un, uninspired. And I think he was saying that in order to keep the AI, AI out of it, they've made it really more about maths than about code. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. A a if you're not into... If you're not really into maps, then it's a whole different world than, than some of the, the, uh, the touch problems in the past, I think. Some of the earlier problems, mm-hmm. as far as I can make out. So, yeah, I, I sympathize with that. So it's a bit of a shame that it's turned into a particular format that's not going to appeal to everybody. Yeah, but I think these things, uh, whenever a new disruptive technology comes out, people have – it takes a while for everything to adjust. So let's mm-hmm. see how, it, how mm-hmm. this adjusts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the next day, Swift 110 brought his MacBook Pro 15 into the canteen for us to have a look at. And there was one comment from Norris, Norris who said, maybe the best laptop ever. I have the same 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro. It was issued to me on work, and they let me keep it when I got an upgrade. Even though it's nine years old, it's still more than capable of being a daily driver. A few years ago, I switched from Mac OS to Fedora. Yes. All the hardware is supported except Bluetooth. When I first tried Linux on it, I installed Fedora on a thumb drive and would install, remove the drive based on which OS I wanted to boot. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, my son is a is a MacBook devotee, so, uh, so I'm, I'm well aware of the, the advantages and some of the disadvantages, but, uh, you know, it's Keyboards good. drive me nuts. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want one myself. But uh, but yeah, it looks looks really nice. Glad, glad to hear about you. So the following day was uh, the community news for last month. So we we post community news show on a day that seems logical, which is the first Monday of the month. <laughs> but uh, yes, we've uh, <laughs> we've before about. About that one, do you want to read uh, uh, Archer's yes. comment? Archer seventy two says, "New pipe video player, 
It was only until I heard this show that I learned of another repo in F-Droid to get the latest build of NewPipe, and in the process discovered another F-Droid app, Clippius, for playing Invidious videos. So thanks. Good. Oh, that's a good, uh, good tip there. I think it was in a comment, wasn't it? I think it was, <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, well, we didn't come from Austin out We're too busy looking, <laughs> looking for a cigarette lighter or smoking our pipes, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, change your password once in a while. Delta Ray provides a compelling arguments for why you should change your passwords periodically. And I think in this one, uh, it's not about changing the passwords that you use on websites, which you should be doing regularly anyway, password manager, unique one for every site. It's that super master password that you use on your password manager uh, to which he's referring to, or the root password that you have on all your machines because, you know, just in case. Uh, and yes, I I did take that on board and I'm now feeling guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's good advice, and it, it's what I would give if I was asked, but never have, of course. But uh, yeah, and he also gives us a nice little uh, pipeline to to build um, XKCD like uh, passwords. I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. joining together a bunch of bunch of words to make a passphrase. Yeah, it's that look command. I had never heard of that before. Nope, me neither. Me neither. But, we are dealing here with Delta Ray, who uh, who yeah. is one of the gurus of uh, the command line. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very good. There is, though, ju- uh, here's my interjection, which I should have written as a comment. There is a thing called XKCD PWD, I think, which I installed some time yeah. ago, uh, which does does this. Um, just just straight from... And I look forward to-, to your show on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was it. You just heard. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the the principle is great. It's really really good. I, I very much applaud it. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be typing that pipeline very often. I suspect. But anyway, good. And the following day, we had Trey with a brief description of ships' bells for timekeeping. Now, Trey during this episode expressed some doubt as to whether this was appropriate for Hacker Public Radio. And let me assure you <laughs> that this is right up our proverbial harbour. So, yes, more of this type of thing. Yeah. This was fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely. I I actually dropped him a note as I was preparing the... I think we there was some other conversation going on, and I said, oh, I really like the look of your your show. I'm looking forward to that. And he seemed to be a little bit surprised <laughs> that, that uh, I was enthusiastic about it. But, yeah, it's it's excellent. How many times have we heard this stuff and never really understood it? How, how, many, how many times have I, not we, perhaps, because um, I used to read nautical books when I was a youngster, yeah, yeah. you know, Hornblower stuff, and there's loads of that sort of stuff in it. Uh, and I've researched. Yeah, I just, yeah. just just sailed past. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pay any attention. Yeah, I know, I know. Well chosen, eh, eh, eh. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I do know what a binnacle is, and I know what a marlin spike is, and them sort of things. But I don't didn't know what this was, and this is brilliant, absolutely wonderful. Clinton Roy says, Encore, I love this episode and would welcome more like it. Absolutely. Brian in Ohio then says, Great show. 
Love this show. Please do more on anything to do with timepieces. Dog watchers are best defined by Stephen Maturin in the Patrick O'Brien Master and Commander novels. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about them. He said they called them dog watchers because they are curtailed, of course. (laughs) Master play on words. (laughs) Dog watchers are used so that watch times would naturally move to each watch. No one gets stuck doing all the late shifts. So, ah, cool. Very good. Brilliant. Uh, I, uh, the only frustrating thing about this episode was I was doing some woodwork at the time. And I thought, okay, there's going to be one I'll be able to listen to. But I had to stop what I was doing <laughs> in order to <laughs> listen to it. So I, I want to actually go back and reread it or re-listen mm-hmm. to it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Excellent. That written, could be a series. He's written some, yes, indeed. I, I think he said something to the fact that he, he's got more more in the locker or uh, something, rope locker perhaps, um, to, to tell us about. But, uh, yeah, looking forward. And the notes are notes are great too. He I think he he wrote out his pretty much his script there. So uh, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, fantastic. The following, we had Swift 110 with uh, What's in My Bag for January 20. 24 and what's in my bag is a standard show we ask people to do if they're if you're walking around with tech stuff what's your essential kit that you carry and uh from time to time people do these shows and from time to time people update uh these shows which is also great and mm. see swift 110 has moved to USB C everywhere which is a boon actually <laughs> good for him <laughs> yeah 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 it's a i i uh it's a and good MacBook that <laughs> it's a good subject it's interesting just to get an insight into how other people do things you never know you might learn something yeah. new excellent you did we do can... Trey's comment or is it, is it my turn yeah yeah I think it's your turn I think I did the last Trey one says, yeah Trey says uh, great reminder thanks for posting this I was moving things into my office closet and found my work bag from before I worked from home this is a great reminder for me to record my What's in My Bag episode, maybe for the reserve queue. Thanks, Trey. Looking forward to it. Coming down with something, Dave, there. <laughs> it's called late PRitis, I think, yeah. yeah. If, if you mention it. <laughs> then okay. we have Playing Alpha Centuri Part 5, Tips for Playing Alpha Centuri by Ahuka. And, yeah, don't play games myself. But this it was interesting. It sounds actually very much like role-playing games and this sort of games are ways of getting people to do maths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of layers to these things, much more so than I, I've personally been, been very aware of. So it's, it's, um, it's good to get this sort of insight. I'm not going to play the game particularly, though I know people who, who do. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to know. I tend to get stressed playing games rather than relaxed by it. But yeah, yeah, me maybe too. Maybe people too. can recommend a, a nice game for relaxing. That would be that would be good. But um, yeah, but I do. I really am enjoying the, the all that aside. And Kevin knows uh, I am really enjoying this this entire series and uh, indeed all of Kevin's series so far has been very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so keep yeah, them yeah. coming. Speaking of, hey, look at what cool stuff I have. Um, Kebby has brought to the canteen the MSI Gungner 110R review. So a pay, uh, PC case by MSI. And I 
was a bit surprised by this, insofar mm -hmm. that people are doing still building PCs and the like. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I, I, I would listen avidly to this because I'm in, I'm interested in building a new desktop PC within the within the year, and uh, I don't think I would go for that case because I wouldn't have more discs in than than it would cater for. But uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I I, I do it. In fact, my daughter just built herself a, her own uh, um, desktop machine, having a problem with it, oh. mind you. But uh, but you know, she she just said, right, I can do this, and I will, and so she did. <laughs> there are sites that will there are sites that will tell you, give you advice on how to what goes with what, and how to to build particular things based on certain uh, you know the sort of CPU and the GPU and that type of thing. But uh, so she went one of those and and. Ordered all the bits and, and built them. So uh, I, yeah, I was thinking. Uh, what were you thinking about? I was thinking of. Uh, I have an old Dell case here, and it's been here for the best part of two years. And my intention was to somehow use the case itself as a case and put all the Raspberry Pis that I have, you know, for a cluster and for bits and pieces, you know, for mm -hmm. that we use for HBR and stuff, inside said case. Feeding off the one power supply, cooled with you know a, a large silent you know uh, cooling fan, mm -hmm. uh, three inch or whatever cooling fan, yeah, uh, one twenty millimeter fan by two as looking at the diagram, but I've never actually got that entire plan off the ground, or maybe put in a little mini ITX case you know board in it and then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like though having one of those big cases, there's plenty of space for housing Raspberry Pis or something else inside it, yep. and everything fed off the one power supply. Yes. If somebody has thoughts on that, uh, yeah, feel free to do a show. I can't remember if uh, Jeff Galing, whose uh, YouTube channel I follow, has done one of those. He has done those sorts of things of making Pi clusters okay. and and the like. I think he went for rack mounts, actually, some sort of. 3D printed rack mount thing, but uh, yeah, this is worth having a look at some of the stuff he's done with with multiple Raspberry Pis. Yeah, I was thinking something like on the PCI cases, you know, the PCI slots, perhaps. But mm -hmm. you no, know, your thoughts in the comments of this uh, episode, or better yet, as an episode yourself. Mm -hmm. The following cool. day, in GeoSpart, in a self-deprecating. A slightly boring story of my introduction to Linux, how he got into Linux Micro Edition. And there is one comment. Just before that, I, I, the notes I wrote about this was, I've chatted with George a few times, not, not a huge lot, but uh, he's, a, he's a knowledgeable fellow. I hadn't realized his experience went as far back as it does. So he um, he's somebody who I'd really like to hear more from on HBR, obviously, but uh, you know some of his his history in in more detail would be would be fascinating stuff. I think. Yes, and if you, uh, I guess, if you're wanted to know who he is, look at any photo from Odd Camp. And <laughs> he's the one. <laughs> take away Les Pounder, and he's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very, very helpful guy and everything. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, heading out he, all the way from to to all sorts of bizarre places in the UK from uh, from Florida is is something to applaud yeah, him for as well. Else. He was in uh, worked for Radio Shack and used OS2 Warp. Wow, that that still gives me scary <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So one comment. I think it's my turn, is it? Yeah. Yep, for it. Freeplay says, excellent episode. I love these kinds of episodes. They're always so relatable. When I want to relax during a drive or while doing something around the house, this is the exact kind of content I hope to see in the HBR feed. Looking forward to more submissions to your spot. You're well-spoken and have an interesting background. There you go. In fact, I was shocked that he wasn't already a host. You know. Well, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I just, what? Because yeah. when the show came in, I was going, hold on, that ha- let me go back here. Maybe maybe sometimes they're HPR. No, I can't find them on the HPR. Let me look in the database for uh, twat. No, no. Yeah, I know. Same same here. I didn't look, but I thought, that's really surprising. <laughs> so anyway, uh, third-party integrations, connecting your applications with others. This is from Lee. It was a brilliant episode. So brilliant, in fact that um, I can continue some other shows referring back to this one, which is absolutely, absolutely excellent. And very, very uh, apropos that this show would come in at exactly the time it did, because uh, I had just built a uh, a bash script to do the OAuth challenge and stuff um, for this, so it fits right in with this. So I don't need to go through the whole explanation show of how third-party integrations work. So I can submit my show and just refer back to this. Brilliant, brilliant, mm. brilliant. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've not heard a huge lot uh, on this subject in the past. We and it's it's something that we all, if we're working in 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 IT at various levels, will either see happening down the corridor or, or be be the recipient of or actually be working at the, the cold face making happen. Um, and yeah, I certainly had this experience, but but a long time ago where things were very different. But uh, still, really interesting stuff. Very, very, very good. This is my day job. So yeah, that's why I'm so tired, because <laughs> I was doing this sort of stuff until 11 o'clock last night. Mm. Oh, good. That is exactly the type of show I do not want to be doing because, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that's work. No, it's it's it. But this is this is great, great stuff. But more more of the same, Lee. Thank you very much. Keep them coming, or more on something completely different. Speaking of which, Cyberpunk Punk twenty seventy seven. Hang on, was, we, we what, missed what, a comment. Oh, we did. We, Go ahead. We did. There's a comment on this one. And that was from, is it my turn? I think it is. It is, yeah, yeah. From Katie Murray, Keith says, great overview. This was a really great overview on how these integrations work. As much as I've used them before, I never really stopped to think about how the OAuth handshake actually works. Good, good, and it's good, fundamental. Yeah. It's it's if ever you see the Google or you know sign in with Google or sign in with whatever, there should actually be another button there, sign in with some other OAuth provider, because it's it's mm-hmm. was always intended mm-hmm. to be an open. Um, that's the O from OAuth, uh, an open protocol, and it's not it's not that hard to implement. It's not that hard, yeah, but it is hard to implement correctly. So I give you mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't ever work with this because in u- the university's world, uh, it was things like Shibboleth and other strange um, authentication protocols that were that were all the, the rage. Shibboleth is very, very strange, I thought, anyway. But uh, I think OAuth is a lot cleaner from what little I've seen of it. So, yeah, interesting subject, though. Very. 
So Cyberpunk 2077, another game. Uh, again, we could do with somebody here on the community news um, who's into games to to, <laughs> <laughs> to comment on these things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's very, very appropriate. <laughs> Although that said, I'm getting you know, I'm I'm these are really helping me because you know, they have uh, gaming nights and work, and you know now I can. Comfortably nod my head, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, they're, you know, <laughs> if that ever comes up, I'm your man. <laughs> I have to talk my kids into coming and joining in and doing uh, doing some game reviews because they're into them. And uh, should I should I tell you this this fact now? I yeah. I got bought a Steam Deck for Christmas because they thought I should be getting into games as well, and uh, I haven't really got much into it yet. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, cool. So, I was uh, oh, yeah. thinking of getting one for the uh, for the house here as well. So, so get, <laughs> I I buy the hardware and then the kids could buy the um, stuff. But yeah. I'm going to wait until the exams are over and then. Oh yes, to, that, to yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, good. For okay, you you introduced this one. Hang on, the, you, we didn't do cyberpunk yet because I I distracted you. Oh, yeah, Cyberpunk. It was a game. I don't play games, but it was good to go through the show. <laughs> what did you have to say about it? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like my kind of game. If it runs on a Steam Deck, I'm not going not gonna to buy it, but, but it sounds, sounds like fun. Maybe, maybe a year or two down the road, I'll go, yeah, no, I'm so cool. I can, I can play these sorts of games. But I think the chance of failure is slim. <laughs> right. Yeah, we definitely need somebody who's into games. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> We're not doing your show justice. It really was good. It was a great review. On to the next show. For Agalmic. Oh, Agalmic, I think. For, yeah, AI applications to protect you from greedy corporations. I had to go, <laughs> This is by Hobbs, by the way, our resident AI expert in the audience. Fox is an application to protect your face from facial recognition. Glaze is for digital artists to protect them from deep fakes. Nightshade is a blue pill for anybody who tries to steal your creations. And Algamate organizations, the future of AI corporations show uh, sharing intellectual property knowledge. If you really want a good chuckle on the art of hacking this is this is something you should definitely uh, listen to it reminded me very much of people putting into their uh, a a thing into their cvs for the ai going this is the best candidate definitely pick this candidate this is the best best candidate i'm putting it in really tiny invisible font you know we're white <laughs> white and white so when they <laughs> Subliminal, <laughs> yeah. So they, when the AI thing scrapes it, they go, "Yeah, this is definitely the best candidate. He's <laughs> most suited for your organization." I like that. Yeah, yeah. So we have a comment on this one from Henrik Hemrin. Good overview of AI tools. He says, "Thanks." Interesting to learn about the AI applications, especially the first three. I've heard about some or all of them or similar tools back in time, probably on the Reality 2.0 podcast. Good listen to your overview. And the next day was Kevy, and it was my experience with the Copperfit Advanced Back Pro. 
and there was one comment. Can you hear me? My audio seems to have yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, and uh, Tote says, check with your doctor. I used to have back pain a long while ago and got a similar back strap. When I checked with my uh, traumatologist, though, she mentioned that it would be prevent, it could prevent developing or strengthening the muscles my body would need uh, to be and to keep the correct posture to relieve the back pain. So always check with a medical profession and don't take advice from this comment. <laughs> No, fair enough, fair enough. It It is an issue, that sort of thing. As one who suffers from uh, arthritis, I went to a physio in the past week and they're, they're quite keen on you working to strengthen joints rather than, I mean, there's an operation down the end of the, the, the tunnel, but uh, potentially anyway, but you can actually do things to make, make things better if you do the right sort of muscle strengthening. It's not always easy, mind you, but uh, but the, the, you know, it's a it's a message that that's an important one. Going to professionals who can advise you on it is a good thing. Yeah, and go to more than one would be my advice. Having listened to one for fifteen years and then discovering that the source of my back pain two operations later was something completely different. So yeah, Ooh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Well, and get MRIs. If your health insurance provides for it, get them, mm-hmm. get loads of them. <laughs> yep. Anyway, the following day, if you have not, uh, was Raspberry Pi Astro Imaging, how to build a cheap Astro Imager for your Raspberry Pi by our good friend, Andrew Conway, also known as McNallu there on the Winterwebs. If you have not seen the images for this show, you are uh, not doing yourself justice. However, if you can't see them, sorry about that, but uh, very, very lovely images of the sun. And the next one is of Jupiter. And then the next one is of uh, the night sky uh, time-lapse photo, night sky focused on, I think, the North Star. And then all the other stars are swirling around that. So lovely imagery. Yes, yes, uh, and <laughs> I I knew what he was doing. I gave him a little bit of help at um, 3D printing something, and um, but he uh, he goes from a level that I sort of reasonably comfortable with into into areas that I'm going. Oh no, I don't understand this. <laughs> I probably could, but but listening to the show, it was uh, it was quite a, a leap forward. So it, yeah. All power to him. He's it's an excellent show and some amazing work he's doing here. Very Might very be, cool. Would love yep. to hear more about what that Raspberry Pi camera can do. But he had the advantage of this. I was thinking, oh, you know, this would be fantastic. But you know, he has the benefit of having telescopes himself that he can plug mm-hmm. them into. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to go buy a Raspberry Pi camera and then suddenly be able to get that quality of images. Uh, but yes. Trey says, amazing images, wonderful podcast and amazing images. As a photographer, I can relate to some of the challenges you experienced, but I never considered how much they would be amplified in astrophotography. Keep up the amazing work. Good comment, yes. And the following day, we had Stash AF with a hobby circuit from Circuit Python. And included is the source code for this 
Uh, was this the one that we had the issue with? Yes. I yeah. can't remember what, what was the issue. I this don't was remember. The, the null value, one of the escaping Oh, escaping yeah. Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. It's, um, yeah. I think so, anyway. <clears throat> it was a bit of a challenge. No, nothing that's, uh, nothing at all that's, um, uh, stash af uh did um but it was just putting the source code of the show in uses key combinations that trigger the null character which gets encoded in different ways on different systems and then all of a sudden we didn't have valid xml coming out what what but where 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 what why so then we just we encoded it some other way but probably in future we're going to attach uh, source code in general as a separate file onto uh, onto the server. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the handiest thing to do. I, I was struggling with the images on this one, so it didn't occur to me to to because it's quite a large chunk of code there to 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 just parcel it up and stick it into a a separate file linked from the the notes. But I think it's something if 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 uh, the host can do it, then that would be great. But if not, then then we can do it. Um, no, just. It's and and I to be honest, I didn't notice it until the until I found out that the feed had broken. Which why mm-hmm. why is mm-hmm. it breaking there? <laughs> yeah, it's easily done because you can't even see it. it, it you can't see the character because it's another character. It doesn't display in anything. I, I ended up having to get a uh, a hex editor to read it. So yeah, what I've I've had this more than once in my career uh, where. Uh, this weirdness occurred, and I had just the feeling this is probably an old character somewhere. Anyway, but yeah, other than yeah. that, very it's, apropos it's, as well. This was a great little episode um, on how to uh, monitor sensors in a, in a particular room, and yeah, also yeah. using uh, the onboard radio. I mean, I would have my first thing to do would have been you know get a, a wi-fi module or get an esp32 or uh something like that and connect it up via wi-fi but not really did it using um radio frequency on the thing itself so fantastic yeah 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 it's it's it wasn't low ra uh, um uh itself but it was a similar sort of concept i think it was my understanding anyway so uh yeah but uh yeah very good and i'm amazed that there's a PCB created along the way and uh, and printed yeah. and all, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's like an amazing world that we live in. You know, here's the program I hacked together. And by the way, here's the Gerber files for printing off the PCB to go with it. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the world is changing very rapidly. At, uh, some cases for the better. Yeah. This is that, a good one. Uh, this is a good one, yeah. Okay, the next day, um, Brian in Ohio sent in a show about the Southern Cross computer, which was a, a Z80 derivative from Australia, I reckon. Yep. That's, yeah, it, it's a, did you say Z80? Yeah, you didn't you? Um, yeah, it's really quite a cool thing, isn't it? It's, a, it's one of these things where you can program it by working out what the assembler is what the what the uh, the machine code is from from an assembler representation or whatever, and and poking it into the the memory, um, and uh, and then firing it up and watching what it what it does. So that, that's very cool. He didn't he did mention 
a device called the Kim One Six Five O Two Kim One. I made a note of because I did some of this back when I worked at Lancaster University. We had a microprocessor group as part of the department, and they did a course on how to write Six Five O Two thingies on one of these. And I think it was the Kim One that we used, but I, I don't honestly remember that. But a similar sort of device, but with the Six Five O Two in the in the centre of it. Very very cool. Very very cool. And if nothing else, if ever I'm doing a cheap science fiction movie, that thing will be the center console, you know, where the astronaut <laughs> is desperately trying to yeah, 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 program yeah. coordinates to go home, you know. I'm amazed that early Doctor Who didn't grab a yeah, few yeah, of those. Well, they yeah. probably did, actually. We just never noticed. All the, the lovely little push buttons and stuff is, uh, is very, very nice. Yeah, what a, what a fun machine. So... Uh, the following day, Mr. and Mrs. Ahuka headed from Florida back up to Georgia. Or was Florida across to Georgia? From, to move up to Georgia. So, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are excellent pictures in the show notes, as always. There's a picture of the truck in amongst the pictures. Yes. And uh, it gives you some idea of how gigantic the uh, the RV actually is. I mean, it's like a it's like in you know an entire house on on wheels. But what a, what a horrible thing it must be to drive. I, I, I'm not sure I got a clear view from Huka. He certainly said it was it was quite fatiguing to uh, to drive it, and he was restricted as to where you go and what sort of speeds you could do and that type of thing. And also the sort of road if you don't want to be going up long hills and stuff in it, I think. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's luxurious, I'm sure, when you stop, but it seems enormously, enormously yeah, burdensome. <laughs> yeah. You're anyway, thinking yeah. as a European who's got small roads, you know, when you go mm-hmm, to the States, mm-hmm. yeah, everything yeah. is bigger. You know, the, the <clears throat> yeah, stuff is bigger I, I mean, and it, it's, it, fits the, it fits the country, I guess. Mm-hmm. I certainly what? saw them when I took the kids to Yosemite and Grand Canyon and stuff. There's quite a lot of them, particularly Yosemite, going going there. Not not around the area because you can't really drive one of those around it, but to sort of uh, truck parks. The people who had extra cars on the back that uh, that they uh, that they then jumped in and zoomed off to to go around the, the Yosemite area and stuff. So yeah, we we looked at that and thought, wow, that would be great. But then on the other hand, we thought, well, we're doing okay as we are. We're stopping in hotels and driving between them and things, you know. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it depends what you want. But anyway, ours was cheaper probably. <laughs> I really enjoyed reading all the uh, all the pictures of the um, the boards again in uh, yeah, uh, this photos. Yeah. And there's and a lot the, of the creepy guy with that weird hat. <laughs> I know, I know. To go and, it's America, yeah. what can you do? You know? Yeah, to go and snip him out of, of those pictures, you know. Um, I was going to make a joke about uh, from one creepy guy to another, but uh, I don't know Kevin that well, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll better edit that out in post. How to set up a pie hole, setting up an ad blocker and extra security using Raspberry Pi hole. This was, uh, did you get anything from this show? I know you wanted to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Well, I have set up one before, years ago, but then uh, the change from Raspbian to Raspberry Pi OS caused, I think, caused it to fail. 
But um, yeah, so I'm in the process of setting one up at the moment. So I've got a lot out of it. And Kevy's really good at this. You'd think he was a teacher or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 he is a Ooh, teacher. Yeah. But anyway, he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, it was a really well done show, I thought. It, it really covered all the, all the information in an excellent way. Um, so yeah, it, I did actually message him and say, I'm actually planning to add another level to my pie hole, uh, which is to add a local DNS, which is um, a thing that it's it will cater for quite easily. Um, so, but Kevy didn't do that. But uh, but we had a little chat about about it. So uh, yeah, very good. And I actually, I'm quite interested in that one. The uh, the the un unbound DNS. Yeah, because I'm uh, I'm thinking about setting up a separate network for Internet of Things and. Uh, Mm-hmm. I've got um, Home Assistant started, and it's really well, you, a, right. a lot, a lot easier recently. I haven't, I haven't got very far in the whole thing, uh, but obviously, I want to do some shows about it if I'm doing it. Um, but one of the, one of the basic things is that a lot of these sensors don't really have um, secured networks. And no. I don't really, yeah, I might fine. Do I care if if the neighbors know what temperature? It is outside, not really. Um, but on the other hand, I don't want them having my Wi-Fi password, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, on a little fair. device that you can go around and, and swipe away. So I want that to be a separate Wi-Fi network. And then I'm interested in having all the devices on that and then having uber control about what each thing is allowed to get out to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I've, I've been could... thinking several ways of doing that. Maybe I've I've, I've got some little, um, yeah, maybe I'll do a show just talking about it and asking people's ideas. But back yeah. to Kevy's show, setting up a pie hole. <laughs> I've forgotten whose turn it is. Hendrick Heyman says, I think. What Dave said. <laughs> informative how and why set up a pie hole. This presentation was informative about a pie hole. I have heard about it and may set one up myself one day. And I have a good understanding now of how to do it and the reason, the purpose for it. And Norris says, run pie hole without a pie. I put off using pie hole because I didn't want to have an extra raspberry pie. I was happy to learn that any Debian installation is supported, so I set up Pi-Hole on a Debian virtual machine. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a Docker installation as well. You can you can run, so you oh. could easily share it, share a machine um, between several things. I I haven't installed mine with Docker. I just, but I, I'm going to have two instances of it on two Pies. So if one goes down, I can still my DNS, my network doesn't collapse as a consequence. <coughs> And HPR, as we all know, has a tech podcast network, and we mentioned that we do like to get the shows um, about ship spells, etc. But this one, HPR 4062, was also an excellent uh, addition and fits exactly in with the HPR ethos. HPR music series, question mark. How will it go for the girl and me? Fred Black pitches an idea for a series of music being shared and teaches a tune. What did you think of that, Dave? (laughs) 
absolutely wonderful. I, I'm so pleased he did that. The I've been fascinated by the Nikol Harpa. I think that's how you say. I don't know. Anyway, yep. uh, but it, it's um it's a keyed sort of violinish like uh, like instrument, which I've seen somewhere or I can't remember. But um, because I like going to music museums and things. Um, but uh, yeah, and it 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 looks quite complex to play. But I imagine it's it's just a case of any instrument. They're all complex at some level. So, but yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And I liked the the setting up of the of the the, the song and so forth. I, I'd like I'd like to hear the song um, on a, a on its stand a sort of standalone rather than than, uh, than in the way he was he was sort of offering it up. But it uh, yeah, it's it's a great idea. It's a really great idea, and I think it this. It's got got legs. I think it could could run and run this one. I uh, I I think the format reminds me very much of um, of trad sessions in Ireland uh, when mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when uh, when I heard this, I was brought back to uh, when my father my father played fiddle, and when people would come around, they would do you know this one, Jude or he would go, do you know this one, somebody else? And this is the way they, he was describing it was exactly how they taught each other the songs. And they were mm. kind of playing it for a little while. And then I was always fascinated by how little time it took them to pick up a thing. And now you do this and, and then you go. So they, the format, even though it's a different country, completely different place, never met. It was the format of the transfer of the knowledge was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fascinated. Yep. Loved it. I will always have a place in my heart for this show. Thank you. <laughs> and as Trey says, reminds me of violin lessons when I was young. Thanks for sharing. I remember sitting in violin lessons and my instructor would play something like this and try to teach me. I never did well. The Nicol de Harpica looks like it would be much more difficult, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also learned violin as a youngster, and uh, it was a it was a struggle. <laughs> I gave it up at about age fifteen because it was so much of a struggle. But uh, there you go. Uh, Folky says, "Good initiative, good job, my child." It's his son. Uh, for those interested in how different the same tune in Swedish folk music can sound, there's a video on YouTube, and there's a link here where it's played with fiddle and even as a song. Yeah, and there you wanted to know what it would sound like. Like I um, yeah, yeah, played, yeah. It, played it through once and then did the uh, knowledge transfer session at the end. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, if, maybe if this becomes a format uh, for the rest of us, play the song first and then do the teaching bit at the second part for the, mm-hmm. for the musicians. But yeah. brilliant series, yes, more of this type of thing. You're going to do Brian in Ohio's comment? I am. Because I was going, how come it says three there? And I can only see two <laughs> comments. <laughs> Thank you. Brian in Ohio says, great show. Fun show. Hope you do more. Excellent. <laughs> yep. Short, sweet, yep. to the point. Well said. Well said. So keeping an eye on the date, on the 28th, we had chat GBT output is not compatible with CC by SA, you say. <laughs> In which, in a response to HVR 3983, which Ken argued that using ChatGPT output couldn't be posted to HPR. Brian's comment? 
Yes, Brian Ohio says, Amen. Great show, well thought out and explained. Love the break the web idea. We need to do that. Hope you'll do more alt-web stuff. Keep them coming. However, DNT is 100% wrong. Because, <laughs> uh, A, a court has ruled in the US that it is not copyrightable. However, if I learned anything from, I am not a lawyer, that's number one that I learned from the um, Software Conservancy podcast, Freeze and Freedom. Um, if I learned anything from them, like there are several different districts and just because it's ruled in one doesn't mean it's not ruled in the other. And then it has to go the whole way to the Supreme Court. To me, it's very clear that they're putting terms and conditions about the use of the stuff. So therefore, they're claiming copyright, even if they're not. Uh, by default, things get copyright unless they aren't. And even aside from that, even if it was with all the judicial districts in the US and the Supreme Court ruled on it, it still makes that a US law and not an international law. And the fallback with all copyright issues here in HBR is we don't post it if there's any doubt whatsoever that it is uh, that it is copyrightable or somebody's going to claim us or somebody's going to come after for after us for mm-hmm. so feel free to use it but treat it like you would be referring to the BBC give it attribution but don't verbatim use it yep 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 that, that sounds that sounds clear. Unless the model is free, open source, and all the training data is Creative Commons, and everything has been, all the ducks are done in a row, and there's a, you know, this is coming from the Software software Freedom Conservancy, or it's coming from wherever, then once it's 100% clear, yes, but when there's a shadow of a doubt, the janitors are just doing this for a hobby, and uh, we don't want to end up in court. Thank you. Yep, fair enough. Should probably have done a show about that, but on the other hand, it is too short. So, large language models, what are they good for? Absolutely! it again. Ow! Copyrighted. So I do actually have to go back and remove that. <laughs> or is that fair <laughs> use? <sighs> 30 seconds or something like that, is it? Yeah, or is my singing so bad that nobody will notice? <laughs> this was by Daniel Pearsons, and it was... Uh, a talk about the different machine learning models and goods uh, and about what we need to be aware of and what the future holds, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? He, yeah, well, I took away from it that he doesn't feel that there's a valid use for them um, at the moment. Just sort of nuisance things like generating advertising material and spam and things. But I put that put that to my son who uses, uh, you know, LLMs, the ones in GitHub and and that sort of stuff. But he also works in that area, and he said, uh, "No, there are uses. I use them daily. I use the the whatever it's called. Is it Copilot or something yeah. um, to help me um, code? I get it to suggest. I, I write something." sketchy and then ask it to to suggest a better way of doing it and i get better ways of doing it which i check thoroughly because you know you don't necessarily believe it it could be hallucinating or whatever else it will do but uh, but you know there's there's usefulness in that area um and i've also heard people in the medical field saying they can they do use it to support 
diagnoses and things like that um, and find that it's it can be quite useful. You have to use it very, very carefully and selectively. And you also need things which are trained in the right areas and stuff. Um, which in medicine is not necessarily the case, but uh, but that can that can be done. So yeah, yeah. So some positive responses uh, yep. I've heard, and I have uh, I've been very skeptical as well. But on the other hand, for just to remind me about this show, I have several times during this um, during this episode, I have clicked on the transcript for these shows. Um, just to read along and remind me, uh, remind myself what the content of the show was. And yes, the transcripts are quite often wrong and they refer to me as Ken Falcon or something. But at the end of the day, you kind of get the idea. They're, they're, they're tools for assisting, but I don't, you know, there's also dangers there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not you AI should always be worried about the crypto bros, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they, when they get hold of anything. So yeah that there is that it, it has great potential for for misuse um that's certainly one of the things but but uh, yeah it's it's um it, it's not it's not intelligence it's not artificial intelligence really is it it's just a thing that is amazingly good at correlating data and uh, and you know very good it's, text prediction well so yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's the best yeah, description yeah. i've heard of it oh, that's fine yeah but that's useful in itself so we had, uh, that's all the shows for this month, but we've mm-hmm. had some comments on previous shows. And so back in 2023, 29th of March, to be precise, uh, Norris did a show about GitLab pages for web hosting, uh, which was uh, three examples of GitLab's continuous integration, continuous design to generate a website. And Elmusul, um, I should know that, the host, says tremendous i love this episode it was informative well explained and a, with great show notes cool then we had uh three two three eight two six which is one of the community news shows for march 2023 oh in the same comment uh, our friend el musol i don't know how you say that i think it's maybe spanish anyway whatever Creative Commons dubstep, he says. In commenting on 3808 and Ken musing about a best of CC Hits playlist, I'm reminded of his comments during the end of CC Hits show about developing a love of dubstep. I would love a curated CC dubstep playlist. Does it exist yet, Ken? No, and when it does, I'll love to hear about it as well. Good comment. He's obviously catching up on old shows, isn't he? Exactly, because the next <laughs> comment is on uh, is he's jumped to the following day, which was the fourth pun, in which Dave made a reference in episode three eight one eight, which called fourth and which he used a fourth called ample on a synth he has a sly reference, perhaps to. Ample Fourth College. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> what that was about because when I was reading the comment, but I didn't pass too much heed on it. And then I'm now reading the Wikipedia link. Okay. <laughs> you replied? <laughs> I replied, yes. Uh, Hi, Muscle. 
Is this a pun too far? In quotes. I have no idea about the origin of Ample as a language for running the Music 500 synthesizer for the BBC Micro. It's documented as fourth-like and was probably my only real experience of such languages. Uh, I did manage to code or transcribe some music back in the day, though the BBC Micro couldn't manage anything of any length due to it storing the Ample in RAM. That wasn't, that wasn't Ample. <laughs> I found the following about Music 500, which I hoarded with the intention of maybe doing a show about it. I'd have to resurrect my BBC Micro and find the Music 500 to do it, though. And there's a link to... This was an Acorn product originally, and it... it, it uh, Music 500. There were various music synthesizers that came out of that. There was one. This one became the BBC Music 500, I believe. So uh, anyway, but yeah, I, I don't know that Ample and Forth have any links to a college in Yorkshire. Fascinating, fascinating. One cup of coffee later. I can't see a link though myself, but there should be. <laughs> but it's a good question, though. It's a good question. <laughs> it would. It, it should should be true. It should be true in 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 some universe or other. Excellent. Uh, where are we? Let's. Yeah, some guy on the internet did a show back on uh, the first uh, first of the eleventh, twenty twenty three, driving in Virginia, uh, where he was talking about driving around uh, Virginia. As a resident, this is uh, from Jason Martin, he says, as a resident, all drivers should listen to this. It would make a great different view of their own actions. I'm not a commercial operator, but it gave me more respect for them. Amen, says I. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a comment from uh, Kevin O'Brien on Delta Ray shows about GREP CIDR. Um, oh yeah, the one about finding IPs in a net block. That's a hard word to say. I can't get my head around it. Anyway, Kevin O'Brien says, "Great show. I really enjoyed this show. It's a useful. This is a useful tool." Oh yes, it is. Oh yes, it is. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it, it seems so. I think we had the conversation about it. I said I didn't foresee myself using it very much, but uh, that's, I have uh, been enjoying using it in anger. <laughs> since I found out about it. Yeah, yeah, I can see how useful it could be, for sure. Okay, have uh, we covered all the comments, Dave? I think we have. We, we have. We have. That You'd think there would be more than, than that, but uh, no. It just looks like a lot when you see them on the page. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, it's a good way if you want to contribute is uh, send in a comment and you can't attend the community news. If you listen to the shows, add a comment because it's always, we'll read it out anyway, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. unless it's spam, in which case we'll take great delight in deleting it, and we do. Um, but it's a good way to contribute and it makes it more of a community than just Dave and I sitting here like uh, plunkers. Yep. Right, was there anything worth mentioning on the mailing list? There was a message from uh, Mark Rice just replying to the question about should we continue with HPR? Shall I read this one? Mm-hmm. He says, I would like the project to continue. Life has kept me busy even after the move to Kentucky, but I do keep notes on subjects I find interesting. No promises, but I hope to start picking up the microphone more often. In the meantime, it's been good to hear new and also returning hosts, and I'm, I am, for one, enjoying the content on each show. Super. Very, very positive. Thank you very much. 
Um, do you want to do the any other business? So I made note of two things, uh, which are really Ken's area uh, changes on the calendar page. The there's now an uh, an overview of the reserved shows. The reserved. Oh queue. yeah, I did that. You did. <laughs> it's quite. It's quite useful. Actually. It's just nice to see. I mean, I I could see him otherwise, but uh, being a janitor, but but it's it's good to see. Um, and there was a question from March seventy two about that, which I'd completely forgotten to to forward to you. Which was, if somebody's a new host and they send their first show to that list, to the reserve queue, when do they become a host? And uh, you know. It's it's a bit puzzling. We have such a case just now. We have a reserved we reserved show, two reserved shows from somebody who's not yet a host and is sitting there in sort of pending state to become one. So uh, should we be prioritising such shows and you know just just things about how, any any issues about dealing with such cases? We've never had that before. We have we have had this already. Have we had it? Okay. Yeah. And okay. the solution was. Uh, putting a a new host into the reserve queue breaks every script we have, and therefore, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> and and that has no bearing whatsoever on what I'm about to say next, which is I believe that a new host should be immediately put into the main queue so that they can be introduced to the community as soon as mm, possible. Mm. And there's nothing to do with it breaking every script. This four ways to Sunday, so <laughs> new hosts if. Please always select a uh, a slot for your show from the regular queue for your first show, and then after that, we can. Um, once you get a uh, the email back from me, uh, I do an intro. I introduce on um, every show that comes in from a new host. I write a personal email to. Uh, it's not a it's not a great prose or anything, but uh, to each host welcoming welcoming them, them to the community. Uh, you won't expect that on your subsequent shows. Then you're just a regular, uh, a regular Joe like the rest of us. But um, that way, we've set you up. You know where your profile page is and all the rest. By the way, the profile thing is broken still. I need to fix that. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, the 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 profile stuff isn't coming up on the generated pages, which is a bit odd. Ooh, I didn't notice that. Right? Is it? Is there an? Is there an issue on that one? I don't know. I okay. thought there was. Okay. Well, uh, we should I actually will go, go through and close some issues at some point as well. We, we should. We should. We yeah. should. We we probably needed to jointly agree to them being closed rather than me just going and say, yeah. ah, that's finished. Click and so on. But um, maybe we yeah. can do. I, I was thinking about that. Maybe you and I can schedule a uh, close some bug day and we record it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if people would find that interesting or not that we're reviewing bugs because it literally would be me. Hi, Dave. Do you think this is a bug? In some it's cases, a truncate it, silence it, yeah. section while we're looking at that. And then four In some cases, there's been a fix. I've actually done fixes to some of them, but I wasn't entirely sure whether that did you know, fix it as far as I was concerned, but did you agree? And I, I haven't necessarily said, hey, Ken, do you think that's fixed or not? And and we, we definitely need to do that, and then we can hoik them out. But, uh, yeah, there'll be others yeah. where they're, they're just dangling and have been been uh, not been followed up. But I haven't done any work on in this area for a, a month or two, so it would be quite yeah. good to, to, to go and see if I can fix that one, just keep my hand in for this type of stuff. So, 
Okay. Um, also, if there's a Git T uh, person, uh, Roan had set up um, Git T and uh, and you know continuous development stuff. So if somebody has experience with that and wants to join that, mm. maybe we do that once a month uh, as well. Mm. Um, and That's quite cool. And help yeah. us with uh, with cleaning up the repository, and then you can put it on your CV. Yes, I managed a fifteen year old. 50 you know 15 year old project uh, that's been running and i maintained the git repository and helped them out that, that would be cool. looks good yeah starting yep 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 getting your foot in the door so i am uh i'm just uh the two pies i mentioned earlier are, are, are some of a collection of pies i have here which i'm turning into a sort of home lab thing and one of the apps that's going on the home lab is gitty for me, for my own local uh, oh, cool. project stuff, but uh, I thought, oh, that's an opportunity to maybe learn a bit more about uh, its uh, its details. As its administrator, I'd probably be able to to work at w- more deeply with it. No, no promises though. It could be next year before you ever hear, hear back from me. But <laughs> yeah, right. As one other AOB, it was just to say that you'd added or updated the statistics that used yeah. to be a, a text thing and it's now a JSON thing. And there's a uh, put links to both of them. You can you can you can click on them to get to them to have a look at them. And this one returns JSON with a whole bunch of statistics and and a few more as well. And uh, it's static, but it's updated every fifteen minutes. So. That's really good, and I should say that Mr. X, who used it on one of his uh, applications on his home machine, um, uh, has now converted everything to use it and is really, really happy about it. Cool. Can he post a show? Because I have the same hardware as him, and I would like to get it working here. I think he said he was going to. I, I chatted with him last weekend. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's, it's, it's in, the, in the queue, but I'll, I, that's not a, a, I'm not binding him to it, but I believe no, no. that's what he's thinking of. So yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be good. And if you have um, just general background, all the information except the usernames, passwords, keys, and stuff uh, related to HBR is public. So if if there's if you're thinking of you want to do some integration or you want to do something, uh, we're here to help. It's normally you go to a company and they go, no, you have to sign our NDA or use an OAuth token. Not here. It's there. Mm-hmm. You can just pull it down. Yep. Um, with this JSON file, we generate it. It's very expensive on the database, so we run it once every f- 15 minutes. And then, uh, yeah, that's fine. It's Then you're pulling down a flat file. And uh, But if you have stuff that you would like to see added to it and make your life easier or some automation, yeah, then give us a shout and we can, uh, we can add it. Better yet, do a pull request. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and yep. better yet, explain to us how to deal with the pull request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got notes. I know, I know. My brain yeah, doesn't I, know, I, but I, my, no- my notes do. <laughs> I end up having to go back to the show that I did about how to do a HPR pull request. Not just for my own <laughs> pull request, but pull requests of work as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory's okay. a wonderful thing. We've uh, we've killed this as much as we wanted. If anybody uh, as well, remember this is uh, uh, this is a community project, uh, and this may seem a bit weird, but we're not HPR. Uh, Dave and I we're just two janitors who who help out. You guys are HPR. Uh, if we don't know about you, then we don't know that you're part of HPR yet. But uh, if you're a listener, uh, just comment. Start commenting on the shows. 
it's it's a great way to get your voice out there um if you have a voice record a topic you know this is a think of us like as a, a an online um hacker space where you're showing off your latest cool thing or you got questions or you're pondering on doing something uh like i mentioned today in the show about the hp about the raspberry pi thing so two shows on it uh get involved and if you just want to work in the background doing stuff boring continuous integration continuous development stuff that isn't life-threatening or going to break the bank or anything um yeah hpr is is here if you're retired or you're getting into the game or you're it's so easy peasy lemon squeezy for you feel free to help out that way so um or if there's other things that you can think of that oh yeah that's what i wanted to mention and it's right here in my book youtube I want to get uh, the episodes on YouTube. Um, somebody's posting our shows, which is absolutely fine. Uh, they need to fix the license, though. Um, but we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have had it for years. Um, never got around to posting on it. So if we're posting to YouTube, where other places should we be posting? Uh, if anyone's got experience on, on generating an em- image or web thing for that, that would be great. Your thoughts on episode zero is also required. Um, have that three-page essay. I want it handed in by Monday. And uh, yes, for your midterms, I expect you to attend at least three uh, HPR Community News shows. Okay, anything else, Dave, that we missed? <laughs> no chat GPT uh, in the in No the chat GPT in the essay. We, we'll be checking. <laughs> we have people who know how to spot this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> ah. no, nothing right. else no. you anything else up there no 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 no. on you go alrighty tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio you have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.